the one constant through all the years has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been a race like a blackboard rebuilt and erased again, but baseball has marked the time. It's a part of our past. It reminds us of all that once was good and it could be again. The fall of dreams is here for so many. Every fan that has a belief that their team can win that elusive championship. I'm Will Sanchez along with Dr. Grant Garcia. Uh, for more information, check out grantgarciamd.com or orthopedic specialist of seattle.com. Dr. Garcia, uh, first off, thank you for taking some time to, uh, you know, to do this show and spend some time and have a little bit of fun. When I mention baseball to you, what memories does that conjure up for you? So, um, well, growing up, I was on the East Coast, so I remember going to some Yankees games. And uh, when I was back at school, I remember going to some Yankees games there. So we had a good time with my dad um, going to watch those games and uh, cheer for the teams. Um, and then uh, when I moved over here to Seattle, I remember going to some, having, enjoying them watching the Mariners uh, with Ken Griffey Jr. and Edgar Martinez. Uh, so overall, those are sort of the memories I have of getting to do those things as sort of an after school, after um you know, sports activity, um, plus just be able to follow it and uh, get into it. So I really have good memories of it. Uh, are you going to um, teach your kids all about baseball and sit there in three-hour games while uh, they can't throw a strike and, uh, you know, just uh, just try to enjoy that moment? I, I hate to tell you this, but uh, I've got two little girls, both enjoy ballet and swimming. I've tried baseball. There's no interest at this point, but maybe there will be. <laughs> And when I did took care of the White Sox, we got to go to the games and all they cared about was that they got free food and ice cream. So the extent of how much baseball my family is doing is pretty low at this standpoint. I've tried, uh, but I may continue the effort later on. Well, that's the most important thing, especially when they're young, is, you know, the Cracker Jacks, the Peanuts, the Skittles, having a great time and being there because that's what resonates with them first and foremost. And as they learn any sport or any game, then they start to gravitate to, you know, some of the little nuances and things like that. Um, I coached my son when he was younger and I cannot tell you the hours and hours of just practice and being at games where at the time you're kind of like, oh, my Lord, I cannot believe that little Johnny cannot throw a strike and there's been 15 walks in one inning. But now that it's gone and those times have gone away, I, you know, yearn for them. And I wish that, you know, I could have one more game, one more moment, one more catch in the outfield saying that we're going to go to Carvel afterwards and get that ice cream and being around uh, other uh, parents that are um, just living and sharing and enjoying that moment with their kids. Um, So it's something, whether whatever the sport is, as parents, it's something that we really want to cherish because when it's gone, you really, you know, you really, really notice it. So anyway, yeah. let's get to it. Let's talk a little bit of baseball. The The playoffs are finally set. We had a great, great game last night with the Dodgers and Cardinals. Uh, before we get into um, breaking down some of these teams, you know, and, and focusing on some of the key injuries that these teams have had. What do you think about the one card, um, uh, one game wild card? Uh, play-in game. Do you like it? Dislike it? What are your thoughts? Uh, I like it, but I'm also a person that, you know, I watch baseball, but it's a little bit slow-paced. 
you know, I, I like NFL and um, I actually like soccer too, because it's at least moving around differently. Um, so I like baseball. And so I think it's nice that, because the playoffs can really get drawn on with these games. Yep. Uh, and so it's nice to have that single elimination. Plus it adds a whole nother flavor, right? You're not waiting for six, five games before to find out who's the winner. Um, and especially in a situation like that, it kind of speeds up the whole process, but it's still, and it makes it way more interesting, like a sudden death elimination. Like everyone loves overtime with a single, uh, with a single score wins. You know, I think it adds, and it just has a new flavor, right? Cause you just, you're gonna get the same old in the next, the next few rounds, but this is something different. Okay. Um, I got to get kicked to the onions, uh, on Tuesday when, uh, my Yankees did not show up in Boston. Uh, that was very difficult for me. So this is this uh, you know besides us doing the show, I guess this is a a safe place for me to vent, and and I'm not going to go on a tangent because I can. But it was so disappointing. You're talking to a Yankees fan. You don't have to worry about that. Oh, I told you this. Oh New York Giants God. and Yankees. My God, I was so frustrated just feeling that you know the man that you paid so much money to and you know uh, you know it it's on record. He's had some hamstring issues. Um, I. I wonder how COVID-19 affects every, you know, different people and, you know, whatever the case may be, but no excuses. You didn't show up, no. you know, and, and that's no. a problem. So I'm, I'm very frustrated with the, the, the player that they went out and got for that moment, for that time, for that elimination game, not showing up, let alone Brian Cashman and the way he's constructed this team. Um, okay. I'm not, okay. I'm not going to do this. Okay, I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. Do you do you have a do you have a comment on the Yankees? And then we'll move on. Uh, I mean, the same thing you're saying. I mean, we have this team that's you know constantly beating the luxury tax and has all these high-powered players, and unfortunately, sometimes pays too much for players in their prime or past their prime when we don't know it and they and they don't know it, um, and still can't win games. I mean, it's been so many years before we had a dominant team i mean we've gotten so close if you're a yankees fan it's winning the world series or bust and they're busting a lot nowadays it, so it's been a long at this time standpoint, it's hard i mean we're we're kind of selfish because they won so many games um in so many years um but you know you miss the jeter years uh and the years before that too uh so i, I definitely think it's frustrating but at the same point it's also kind of hard to you know walk around and say you're a yankees fan like nobody really believes you they're like are you from new york and if you had no time in New York, at least my credit is now that I've been, I lived in New York and I was East Coaster for yep. a bit. Yep. Um, I can use that for credit, but otherwise it's hard to even convince. You got to convince people nowadays you're a Yankees fan, a true Yankees fan. Um, we're going to stop this conversation because any Mariners fans <laughs> listening are, are going to say, are, are you kidding me? Right? It's been 20 years. Next year will be 21 if they don't get into the playoffs. They don't want to hear us whine about the last time I they know. went in was in 2009. So just just for the sake of of you know Mariners fans not you know turning us off, we're we're gonna move on. Let's let's start with the the division series. You know, we'll start with the American League. Um, Chicago White Sox, what a turnaround! Uh, they're gonna uh, play the Houston Astros. Uh, we've got the two oldest coaches. We got 72-year-old Dusty Baker going up against 77-year-old Tony Larusa, the oldest managers in baseball. I mean, they've known each other for 50 plus years. They they've uh, coached against each other for 24 years. They were really hated rivals. They don't like each other. It kind of flared up again this year. They put some stuff to the side. Uh, you know, about six seven years ago, when a, a mutual friend, uh, Bob Welch. Um, he played with uh, with Dusty and Tony uh, coached him. 
and they kind of buried the hatchet, but the hatchet kind of, it, it started to brew up again when they started to face each other. Just that concept about these two men at this age, you know, still being passionate, still uh, being leaders of men at the highest level. What is your thought on that? I think it's just awesome. I mean, we're, we get to see this in the Seattle area. You have these, you have these people that are in their 60s, 70s that are still so with it, so active, so passionate about anything they're doing. Um, and to see that at the professional level, baseball and everything else, I mean, it's it's really cool. I mean, you have Pete Carroll; he's not that young anymore either. No. Um, the but these guys who are able to continue to do what they're doing uh, at uh, still a really high level, and, and there's there, you should really have credit to all these coaches. It is a very stressful job, um, and the fact they can continue to do it at that level sanely and uh, you know efficiently and be <laughs> successful is awesome. <laughs> No, but seriously, I mean, I, I mean, the stress level that have to goes on your toll, you, that that wears on your mind too. I mean, that's no doubt about it. That the stress level that they have to face every day, you know, any year they can be cut, right? You know, there's it's a dime a dozen nowadays with coaches and managers. People are getting cut all the time. You don't win, you don't win a hundred games, you're gone. Um, you know, I feel like there's more people getting cut every year nowadays than it used to be. There's just it's more of a business. I don't know if people agree, you agree with that, but I just see that. I just think I feel like I see that more. You know, there's such a demand to win. And with all the stuff we have out there now, you know, you it's kind of like one and done sometimes. Uh, yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. I mean, we're seeing it, you know, a different sport, like, but, but with the NFL, as far as quarterbacks, before you had four or five years, kind of that build them up and then see what you have. Yeah. You know, if you're not if you're not starting right away, you're not performing year one, year two. They're saying, hey, man, we're done. Whether it's a Daniel Jones, we'll see now with, uh, you know, Justin in uh, Chicago, uh, Trevor Lawrence. It'll be only a matter of time before there'll be some rumblings or anything else like that. Obviously, Joe Burrow and, and Herbert are, are, have come out uh, performing very well. But going back to your point, yeah, the, the window is is real small, you know, for a team that won 90, you know, 91 games with the Yankees. I mean, we're talking about hot seats all over the place for everyone. So, uh, including the third base uh, coach and Phil Nevin for sending Judge. So, it, it, there's just not a lot of tolerance um, in sports. Getting back to the White Sox and Astros series, White Sox, for the most part, they've got some injuries, injuries that um, haven't affected them too much because whatever injuries that they have uh, on that has been uh, made everyone, you know, aware to um, most individuals, they're already done for the year. But their star player, Jose Abreu, you know he's been he's been sick. He's been hitting the knee. He got hit in the head. They rested him through um, at the end of the season. He's someone that's going to be you know really relied upon in this series. But for the Astros, they've got a, a relief pitcher that they're going to need. And uh, Pedro Baez, he's out with uh, shoulder soreness with diminished velocity. He's done for the season. A key relief pitcher. What does that mean? Quote unquote shoulder soreness where his velocity kept dipping until they had to shut him down. I think the hard part about this is a lot of times they, we over as team positions, we over laymanize things. You know, I think we talked about this with Federer and he had a cleanup of some, some stuff or, you know, Brady had cleanup of his knee. You know, there's a lot more detail that goes into that actual diagnosis, but we're just hearing that for pitchers, you know, shoulder soreness is usually a rotator cuff strain. And I, it's less of the diagnosis that you saw it on an MRI and then you shut him down. It was more the velocity decrease following seeing that velocity decrease and then seeing that MRI finding of inflammation of the rotator cuff 
and then saying, okay, we don't want this to cause something worse where some of these pitchers can actually get a partial tear of their rotator cuff, or if he has a slap tear that can be sore, because uh, again, we've talked about slap tears in pitchers before, yep. is this becoming a symptomatic slap tear? And so as a result, you shut them down. But it re- the, the crazy part is these pitchers are so unique in terms of their mechanics. They're so off overall, except for the, you know, they have to have this extremely high external rotation to throw the ball fast. And then they have this little tiny problem it shuts their velocity down a lot you know it just takes one or two little ticks of pain and they go from like a 96 mile an hour to a 90 mile an hour and that goes from professional to not not helpful to the team and so you really have to find a way to calm this down and they're they don't take any risks i mean these players are all on a spreadsheet with you know calculating what's their management and there's certain things i mean no uh, um the two-way hitter uh ashanti um, or what's the name from the Angels? They had like a whole. I read about a whole thing. They have a spreadsheet for how when he's allowed to play. Red, green, blue. For, for Otani. Energy intake. Otani, sorry. Yes. Yep, yep. So I mean, this is baseball. Is what you see is what you see, but there's like a whole background of this crazy sort of energy mechanics that they're working on. And they see this. The team doctors figured out. They immediately shut it down. They have a rating system, a scoring system, and they do repeat MRIs. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. But this is basically a rotator cuff strain. What happened to the days where you just rub some dirt on it? Is it, is it there, <laughs> those days are long <laughs> gone now, right? They're long gone, man. You, there's probably there's there's 17 computer programs that went into deciding when this guy's going to play again. <laughs> uh, they used to hey, suck it up, Buttercup. Uh, put some, you know, rub some dirt on it and get back out there and uh, and figure it out. Yeah. Uh, at at the the money that these players are making and the investment that these clubs mm-hmm. uh, have, obviously uh, for good reason. Uh, they're trying to monitor uh, these players and, and how they perform. We're going to get back to um, playoff predictions at the end of this show. So we're going to move on to the next series in the American League. We got the Tampa Bay Rays. They led the entire baseball with their win percentage and, and record wins. And they're going to face the Boston Red Sox that eliminated our Yankees on Tuesday. Uh, for Boston, J.D. Martinez is their stud DH Hitter, uh, he's been you know a tremendous player for them for them the last couple years, and playing at the Washington Nationals, which is a National League park. For those that don't know, um, National League parks do not have the DH, the designated hitter. So for a player that always plays at that position, the DH, he was taken to field. He was ran, running and then stepped on second base and then twisted his ankle to the point where he had significant uh, swelling and did not play against the Yankees. First off, before we kind of get into some of the other things, when you hear that a player had significant swelling to the point that you can't play in a playoff game, do you think it's something more, or or is it a a red flag for you to say, hey, this is more than maybe just a a little sprain? So I would say, uh, first off, with ankle sprains, you know, they do usually have a lot of swelling. Most of them, especially these players, I mean, they're big guys, right? These are not average size per people. And when they twist their ankle and sprain it, they do get a fair amount of swelling. What I worry about is when you sprain your ankle and you're not able to walk on it afterwards. Um, But, you know, you've seen in the NFL, remember, I know um, uh, Saquon had it. You know, there's a lot of people that have had ankle sprains that have taken a long time to heal. Um, I'm not as worried about hearing about that. I'm actually not surprised. Because uh, a, a true ankle sprain is something where you have a partial tear of the ligaments that causes bleeding and swelling on the outside. Okay. There are other things that we look for, but they usually do that a week or two later. But I mean, no doubt this guy got an MRI the day after and they probably check for everything. You know, there's, we would wait in normal real life, but not with these guys. 
Okay, so back to our baseball question here. Are you a fan of the universal DH? And if you are, is is this overdue where, you know, both leagues should have the DH? What are your thoughts? Oh, this is a loaded question because no matter what answer I have, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be half the people on the other side. No, nobody's listening. This is just, just me and you. Fan of this. That's okay. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I like your questions, though. You give me a no-win situation. Uh, the uh, the universal DH. I'm not a huge fan of the universal DH. I like that it's an option. It's always been kind of interesting because it adds another level of figuring out what to use players for and resting them, etc. Because there are a lot of games, and I get that reason to prevent injuries. I mean, it's the most games of any sport, um, at least the, the major professional sports. But at the same point, you know, these are athletes, right? Yeah, this is hitting and running and doing those other things. So I would expect a guy getting paid enough money, an athlete, to be able to do those other things as well. So I don't think the word, I don't think I'm going to approve a universal DH, but I don't think you should get rid of it. Okay. All right, there it is. Let's talk about the Rays. Tampa Bay are the hottest team in baseball. I am dumbfounded how they do it every year. I mean, they get rid of their players. They traded their starting shortstop. They don't miss a beat. They get rid of Blake Snell. It doesn't matter who comes in and out of the door. They perform year in and year out. Whatever they're doing in that organization, whatever the data, the philosophy is absolutely amazing. Before I get to my question here, what are your thoughts about a team that has just been consistent year in and year out the last you know five, six years? I don't know. We need to figure out what they're doing, though. And so we can get back to some of the teams that we like uh, because they clearly have it figured out with scouting, seeing things that were that other teams are missing. You know, they, this is like Moneyball, right? Yep. You know, they figure out players that are good for less money, not, you know, going crazy on the cap, um, but also finding like the, you know, find high value picks. And that's extremely hard to do. Uh, and especially, in a, you know, this is like I told you before, you know, these are all micromanaged computerized programs the number one thought leaders, they can call these guys, these teams have unlimited funds. They can do anything they want with anybody they want, you know? Yeah. So it's amazing. I'm just, I, I applaud them. That it, they're able to do it, that. It's I mean, absolutely amazing. The Yankees, Yankees hire all the most expensive players and still can't win. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's absolutely amazing what they've been doing. And the fact that they won uh, so many games missing their stud starting ace pitcher in Tyler Glass now uh, that um, it had Tommy John surgery. Um, just kind of just give a little background. Uh, MLB enforced the rules after, you know, a really slow start um, hitting wise in the league saying, hey, we're shutting this down as far as any sticky stuff. So with, whether that's sunscreen, resin, uh, spider tack, any of that stuff that's been ignored for years and years and years, because everyone knows that they've been doing it, right? Whether it's, you know, pine yeah. tar, whatever it is. So they said, listen, you're going to get, you know, we're kicking you out of the game. We're doing this. We're doing that. It's over. It's over. So the next day, Tyler comes out and uh, he says, he said, listen, I usually use sunscreen and rosin to get a grip on the ball. He went cold turkey uh, against the Washington Nationals. This was on June 8th. And after finishing pitching, he said that he had um, a, a lot of soreness after the, the start. And quote unquote, I woke up the next day and I, it was like I am sore in places that I didn't even know I had muscles in. I felt completely different. I switched my fastball grip and my curveball grip. I've thrown it the same way for however many years I've played baseball. After that game, with the discomfort, they do whatever the testings that they're doing, they discover that he's going to need surgery. 
Uh, we've talked about Tommy John surgery before, what it, what it entails in, in our previous shows. But I want to bring uh, my question to you is the pitcher's grip and the torque and everything else. So do you think there is something to having a certain amount of grip on that baseball in order for the pitcher to not only throw the pitches they want, but to throw it in a safe manner? I would 100% agree. I mean, baseball is all about physics, right? And you increase the friction uh, with the grippy substance and whatever you use, sunscreen or whatever other combination these guys use, um, and you can spin it faster, throw it different directions, you know, add more more movement, you know, sliders, et cetera, to your pitches. And so when you don't have that, you have to put more torque on the baseball to do the exact same thing. That's why it was considered cheating because you were able to get more velocity or more movement from the ball when you have the resin. That's exactly why that was considered not not considered sort of fair. So you have guys that maybe are good professional pitchers but are able to take their level to the next level. It's like performance-enhancing drugs, right? It's not a drug, but it's the same sort of thing. Um, you put someone down a notch with taking that stuff away, and they might get injured because they're not able to perform the same level without some enhancement. Without going, not saying that Tyler Glassnow is not a good player, but yeah. I'm just making the point of that's why they probably had that's why pitcher's grip is important. Without going down the rabbit hole of um, of the pitches, but is that one of the reasons or concerns when you you have a young player uh, that's still developing their muscles um, that whether they're breaking off you know throwing breaking balls, curveballs, you know these off speed pitches where you have to get so much of a spin rate in order for it to tumble? Is that why there's some of the concern with some of these young players throwing those type of breaking balls at an early age? Part of it, because we've ever we mentioned before and plenty uh, plenty of other. Uh, shows is that you can have these players are now getting more and more ligament UCL ligament strains at an earlier age. You know, I unfortunately did two Tommy Johns and kids that were 14 and 15 in the last few weeks. Wow. Uh, so there is people that are, we're seeing more and more of those, but the same point is the kids also have growth plates are still open. So you can change the contour of the actual arm uh, if they throw them too soon as well. So right. Those are the two. Issues. Last thing on this. Do you think that there should be or not, um, maybe like a universal agreed upon substance that they can use, um, you know, pitchers can use going forward. Do you think it's something that, that maybe they could, you know, to, in order for them to get a grip, you know, for anyone that's hold, held a baseball, it's really slick. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, and you always get a new ball. It's not like if we went out to the park, we would use the same ball probably for you know as many games for the whole season, as long as someone didn't lose it. So do you think yeah. that is something that they should do or, or leave it as is? Oh, another loaded question. Yes. Uh, the, um, the, but basically, I think if you're going to make it allowed for everybody, I think that's fair. Yeah. Right? You have the option to try it. You have the option to use it. It's not considered cheating if it's approved. And, you know, it changes the game a little bit. But at the same point, we've also seen seasons where the hitting, where, you know, you have a, sl- a game that's pretty slow as it is, and then you're going to make it a pitcher dominant game. So, for excitement level, it may be beneficial to have it where the pitches aren't as good. And then we see more home runs and we see more hits and we see higher scoring. So it depends on the person you are. I think it's fair if you have something that's going to maybe, you know, be beneficial and everyone's already used it and it's kind of been there around and you find something that's like sort of the fairest way. But at the same point, I'm all also for making the games more exciting. So if you drop the pitcher's grip, that might be a beneficial thing. But I obviously don't want to see a bunch of hurt pitchers as well. 
I like it. This is. I feel like this is something that we could talk on and on. And before I get a, one of your patients coming in here, all right, let, let's jump to the National League. We got uh, we have Atlanta Braves and um, the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers had a great season. They kind of limped a little bit to the finish line, but they still got there. Uh, for Atlanta, they have a right uh, relief pitcher Edgar Santana. He was placed on the ten day injured list last Friday with a right intercoastal strain. Can you please explain to me what does that mean? Well, first off, they really hurt. But what I'll tell you it is, is but you know, between your rib cage, there's muscles called intercostal muscles, and you can you can partially tear those. Any strain is a partial tear, and it's like a tweak. You ever feel like a tweak, and you feel like a sharp pinch in your side, like you yeah. got a cramp. Yeah. Um, you may if you know you've never experienced it, then it's hard to like fully describe it. But it almost can feel like a rib fracture, and it takes a couple a couple days to a week or so before it calms down. Sometimes you even give injections and those type of things. Uh, for him to calm it down for the professionals. Uh, and then this is one where it's something hard to breathe. You know, anytime you get an intercostal strain or an injury to the rib cage, we are constantly opening up and closing the rib cage. That's a problem and that can hurt, but they'll be, he'll be back. And he probably, they probably gave him a Toradol shot and did a bunch of other stuff to make him get back. But it's something that you, that's uncomfortable. And especially from the torque you do from throwing or from pitching. Yeah. If if you sustained sustained that a week ago and you come back and they get you on the roster and you're out there throwing ninety whatever, um, obviously you're gonna get a shot for some pain and things like that. Is that some is that a type of injury that if you're gonna go out there consistently, depending how long you go into the playoffs, that it's just gonna keep getting worse and that maybe you have to do something or, or treat it differently, or is it something that over time with some rest that that will calm down? I think it's all about mechanics here. You know, once it's healed, it's healed. It's not something I'm worried about long-term major injury for. We don't usually see players getting out for more than the games that they're listed here for these intercostal strains. The biggest thing you realize is like, how do you get it right? Is he overthrowing the ball, over torquing it? That's something where you have to go back to the lab, watch him under the camera, watch the games and see if there's anything wrong with his body mechanics that you can adjust. Relief pitcher for, um, Milwaukee, Jake Cousins, he has a bicep strain. He's been out since September 26. He's expected to be back um, on the roster. Uh, when we talk about bicep strains for a pitcher, <laughs> what kind of Pandora's box are we talking about and the level of discomfort uh, for that type of pitcher to come in and, and perform? Well, it's all sort of related. In the bicep strain, you have uh, slap tears, and the slap tear is the top of the labrum where the biceps comes out goes all the way to the front of your shoulder. So you can have an injury to the front of the shoulder, back of the shoulder, inside the shoulder. So in this case, probably inflammation in the front, sort of biceps. Again, they love using the word strain. What it means is there's inflammation and maybe partial tearing of that biceps. Um, and that's usually the treatment. We have certain treatment options for that if needed. In this case, we're just letting it calm down. He probably got an injection, um, maybe PRP, maybe cortisone, and uh, then he'll be out until that time, and he should be able to come back if that's really the main uh, symptom mm. there. Um, before we move on to the next series, um, Stephen Voigt, um, he's the catcher for Atlanta. He had, he's 36 years old. So I, I want to throw the age out there, right? Because we know as we get older, you know, things, uh, we don't bounce back as as uh, good as we used to. He has right hip inflammation. Now, this is a catcher with right hip inflammation how difficult is that for to, to have that type of injury as a catcher? As I mentioned before, they love to put this word in there, these very layman, very broad terms. So you're asking orthopedic surgeon what inflammation means in the hip. Um, there are a ton of different places that he could be inflamed. Mm. Um, 
I would say he likely has a probably a from crouching all the time, a pretty big sort of cam lesion or big injury uh, to his hip and maybe having some labral impingement. And as a result, they call it hip inflammation. You know, it's probably not new to him. A lot of hockey players get this. Um, I think we've mentioned this before. Um, but basically he's probably inflamed that area of his hip that's bothering him. I would assume that's what's going on. And he probably just rested it and did a little bit of, uh, you know, sort of icing and stretching and that probably calmed it down. But, you know, long-term that obviously can cause more problems. It, it, it does not sound fun. Um, let alone at the catcher's position to be squatting down for nine innings. I, I told my wife, we were talking about this and I told her, I said, I've, I've played baseball before, right? Baseball and softball. I get tired after standing out, whether it's in the infield or outfield for nine innings, let alone if I was crouching down. So I, I just, you know, you just can't imagine the wear and tear that these players go through at 162 games. And if you're in the playoffs, a lot more. And I think as fans, we lose touch of that and say, well, you know, why, you know, why is it uh, Seager going four for four every night? You know, and, and it's just not we don't take into consideration the travel and the wear and tear. Um, without getting into too much, you know, is there any study or are there any information that says, you know, with the wear and tear of playing every day and, and traveling that it, it just adds and how you recover? I don't remember a specific study, but that's just known, I think, throughout the team position thing is, is the more, the more games you play, the more you do, you know, that's why we're doing more and more and seeing more of these players that are a little bit on the older end of things um, getting shut down for certain games, resting. I mean, uh, even players that are really good, they have certain regimens. Pitchers aren't allowed to play a certain number of innings. You know, um, volume is toll on the body. So are certain different positions and players and pitching and things like that. But volume is toll. And so if you can find a way to maximize volume but minimize injury, that's what they're doing. And they have certain calculations they're doing, diet, exercise, examining the players, um, and that's really the key there. So there's not a lot of studies that I can think of that are just showing, okay, you throw 100 pitches versus 105, but they have calculated those out. That's why we have pitch count requirements for younger kids, and that's why they watch the pitch counts, pitch counts very carefully for players, even the professional level. Hmm. All right, I'm going to try to get, out, get you out of here soon before uh, they come looking for you. Um, last matchup is the Dodgers against the Giants. Obviously, there was an exciting game between the Dodgers and Cardinals that we mentioned. Uh, for L.A., unfortunately, uh, Clayton Kershaw, as of October 2nd, um, he left the game with a left forearm strain. They, they are saying that there's no ligament damage, but he had this injury where he missed already two months earlier in the season. Um, and he comes back and he feels it right away and they shut him down. Is there something, if you had to take a guess, and, and you don't have to, do you think there's anything else going on with his left forearm strain? And, and he's a left-handed pitcher for those that don't know, so that strain is in his pitching arm. So basically when you have pitchers get three major things, they get ulnar nerve symptoms, which can happen sometimes. They get Tommy John injuries, which is what, other players have had, and then you can have a forearm strain because the forearm is what prevents your elbow from sort of dislocating when you're throwing. And and a lot of players get the forearm strain versus the, the Tommy John injury, but it's hard to figure out. you got to figure out which one's which. Mm. But if they partially tore the ligament, or not ligament, the tendons that attach there, which can happen, this grade one, two strains of the forearm, then you uh, you need to rest them. And, you know, you, they're almost never surgical. And when you go in there to take care of a Tommy John, you do sort of clean this area up and 
reduce the chances it happens. But you don't want to put a guy like that under surgery for this type of thing. It's usually just going to take rest and time. He's probably getting a PRP injection, other ways to continue to calm this down. Mm, okay. All right. So let, let's uh, let's get it. Let's wrap it up here. San Francisco real quick. Brandon Belt, he's their big home run hitter. He had 29 home runs. Left-handed hitter. He fractured his left thumb. Uh, you know, I'm going to keep it simple, except for dealing with pain as a fractured left thumb. Uh, you know, th- there's not much you can do at this point, right? No. No. I mean, if it's not a small one, you could, you know, come sort of put something on him like a spike, a splint, and make it be able to play. But he's not doing any first base. All right, let's get to your prediction. Sure to go wrong here. Ready? Sure. All right, American League. We got the White Sox versus the Astros. Who's your winner? White Sox. All right, I'm making notes here. Okay. Make the notes. Boston versus Tampa. Who's your winner? Tampa. Tampa. Making notes. We've got Atlanta Braves versus the Milwaukee Brewers. Winner. Braves. Okay, and we've got the Dodgers against the Giants. Who you got? Dodgers. Okay. All right. Let's get it down now. We got White Sox versus Rays. Who's your winner? Rays. Dodgers versus Atlanta. Winner. Dodgers. We have a rematch. We have... The Los Angeles Dodgers versus the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series. And your winner is... Dodgers. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Garcia has the Dodgers winning the World Series. Check out Dr. Garcia, GrantGarciaMD.com, Orthopedic Specialist of Seattle.com. Dr. Garcia, thank you very much for your time. I know we are running a little bit late, so let me get you back to your patients. Um, hey, enjoy the games, have fun, and um, yeah, that, that's about it. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Well, It's always fun. All right, you take care of yourself, man. Bye. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye.